Hello and welcome to The Leaderverse with your hosts, Drew Lee, Lucas Sheradin, and me, Jesse Button. I am so excited for today's conversation. We start out with a great talk around imbalanced leadership, and that really involved into a bigger conversation around purpose and passion. Like, what would you walk through walls for, and what's the point of it all? And in leadership, what happens when we lose sight of our purpose? Let's get into it. Welcome to the Leaderverse. It's just like, so So because we're here, you just went this last week and you did what, Drew? Because this to me is like, Jesse, I don't know about you, but I lose toenails when I read about somebody running a marathon. And so, but <laughs> tell us what you did, Drew. I completed the 2023 London uh, marathon. Did you do it with a British accent? No, we were there nine days. I wanted to get there early and and take the family on a vacation. And um, it it hadn't it, I had not realized until we were on the plane really because it was go 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 get ready to go. I didn't realize until we were on the plane and actually I kind of settled in that hey we're doing this. I hadn't gone on a vacation in uh, over three and a half years. It was, it was 2019 prior, it was July, 2019. And I can, I, I became very aware of, wow, I found myself really aware that so many people put their head down and went to work. Yeah. And how many have never lifted their head up to step back and say, Hey, why am I doing this all again? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's interesting over the next two days, in fact, right after we record this podcast, I'm jumping on to talk to a small brokerage in Tennessee. And then tomorrow I'm speaking to, you know, 100, 150 people at a conference. And I'm talking about, you know, constructing a big life. What does that look like? It's a talk I've given several times, several different places. And I found myself this morning as I'm reflecting and thinking is like, I'm going to tell people live a big life and I don't have a vacation on the books. So what level of hypocrisy am I living? And that's just, that was kind of hitting me this morning that the same thing, Drew, is like it, it pre-COVID. I mean, pre-COVID was probably the last time I could say I really got away for a, a extended vacation. I've done little things here and there. So, so you well, go to London, you have a vacation, but in the mm-hmm. middle of vacation, you run like 260 miles or something like that. So what was that? It like? was less than, I looked at my, my step indicator. It was less, it was just shy of 60,000 steps. Oh my goodness. Um, and that's, and my what, weekly what, out, that's my <laughs> weekly output, Jesse. That literally oh. is like, when I hit a $10,000, 10,000 step day, I'm thinking, woohoo, I made it. Wow. That's well, and what's, what's, what's fascinating is the, the, the logistics of a major marathon is there, I mean, there are, I have no idea how many, I mean, there are 50,000 people competing in this, in this, I'm going to call it a race, but really it's a run. It's a race for select people. It's a run for everyone else. Got it. And the logistics are set up where, you know, there's just so many people there that when you complete the race, you still have, I tracked because I reset my watch. I had 3.4 miles to get to the, um, transportation no so you run 26.2 miles and then you have another nearly four to get on a you know a a bus or a train or a boat or you know somewhere getting you uh back to a place of comfort so you're not done right that seems like that's that's just the american's path or something (laughs) like that 
Yeah, they're Man. still sore about the revolution. <laughs> <laughs> there was there were so many lessons though that that I took away from this experience, and and I don't want to minimize the honestly the the vacation piece of taking time off, um, because it, it was last year where you know we did an interview with Michael Phelps, and at a, at a conference, and and Michael said something. High achievers, I often find, don't stop and call it smell the roses frequently enough. We don't stop. We don't celebrate. Uh, it's what's next mentality. You hit a milestone and instantly it's like, yeah, that was cool. But what's next? What What else? What else? What else? And in, in leadership, it's a very dangerous way to lead because it creates a perfectionist culture and atmosphere. You may be driven yourself by the what's next moment. But if you don't slow down and, and, and you lead that way, then everyone in your organization, when they accomplish something without even thinking about it, you'll find yourself saying, awesome, what's next? What else? What else? What else? And rather than validating their accomplishment, you end up accidentally diminishing or, or minimizing it by, I bet you could have done more. Don't you think leaders who are imbalanced lead organizations that are imbalanced? I think that our organizations are a reflection of not not just how we lead, but who we are. I, we've heard it for years, Drew, right? We don't attract what we want. We attract who we are. And this is my <laughs> curiosity is, and I think that there's a new brand of leadership coming out. I really like this, that, you know, they're more purpose-driven. They're more mission-driven. They're more, you know, they're not just goal and achievement and money and stock options and what have you. They're They're about life. And yes. I'm, seeing, I'm seeing like the old school, the command and control leadership style, very imbalanced and led to organizations that might have achieved huge business accomplishments, but left broken, you know, relationships and, and families that don't talk to each other and yes. people with health issues. So I yes. think imbalanced leaders lead imbalanced organizations. That's why I think the leaderverse is so necessary right now, not to plug ourselves, but it's a different conversation about leading whole, healthy complete lives. So we have whole, healthy, complete organizations. Yes. And you can only, you know, there's, there's no balance. You, you can only be out of balance in any one area for so long. And when, when I was training for this, for this event, the, uh, my running coach gave me an exercise and it's something that anybody can do. It's really easy is you take four areas of your life, work, relationships, health, and recovery. And then you get 10 points and you have to distribute those 10 points of where you're spending your time and your energy amongst those four items. It's not the scale of one to 10 that you traditionally see one you're at a, a you know, worse and 10 that you're at a best. It's you have 10 total points. So when you say something is really important to me, okay, but then look at your, call it your balance, but look at that moment. So, okay, well, where are you spending your majority of your time? So when I was training for this, I did this exercise and I realized, hey, I, you know, 50% of my time is spent in work. And then 30% of my time is spent in my relationships, which includes family and children. And then, you know, 20% is spent in health, which is the training piece. And that might vary. It might be 30% in health and then, you know, one week and then, uh, or 40% in health one week and then one, you know, 10% in family. There's zero recovery. I was, I was having zero recovery when I was doing this exercise week in and week out. And that's a recipe for burning out. That's a recipe for injury. That's a recipe for just 
you know, just destroying what it is that you're working towards and building. So when I was on that plane and we were heading over, I said, you know, one of the questions I've always asked myself is, am I living the life others would want to emulate or am I living a life that is attractive enough where other people would want me to be their coach? Hmm. You know, how am I living my life where, where others would be either inspired by it or am I living my best life and setting an example for other people? Because we put it on the podcast before and we've talked about it on on our, you know, our Facebook group that the ultimate example, the ultimate leadership is example. Example leadership is leadership. It's the ultimate leadership is the leadership of example. Yeah. Yeah. I think where a lot of leaders struggle is they, they attempt to lead on an example. They're not even following themselves. It's like eat healthy while you're downing a Big Mac and, you know, large fries. So when I was on that, when I was on the plane and I said, wow, you know, I, I haven't taken time to step away. The statement going back to what Michael Phelps said when we interviewed him was, if you don't slow down to celebrate the wins, that will lead to complacency, which will eventually lead to what's the point. Hmm. And those words really, they, they, they almost kind of, they, they almost became a haunting emphasis you know, I wrote them down because I work with a lot of high performers and the what's next mentality and the drive and the drive and the drive and the, you know, go, but no slow. We got, we got to go, no slow, go, no slow. In this case, if you don't stop to celebrate the wins and the milestones along the way, it will eventually lead to complacency. It leads to what's the point. And I found myself as much as I love the work and love what we do, and you can be passionate about the work that you're in. But if you don't remind yourself periodically of what's the point of it all, you can absolutely be out of balance for so long that you may not be able to recover from that tilt. I just I finished not too long ago a book, and actually I'm going to hire this, uh, this couple, Brian and Gabriella Boucher, who wrote The Purpose Factor. And the, the contention of this book, and I, I, I recommend everybody read it. And it, it's interesting that this, this book is capsulizing what I'm hearing a lot of leaders saying is the what's the point, that people who are driven by goals hit goal type of things, but people who are driven by purpose change humanity. And actually, they're gonna, they're, they're, I'm, I'm getting ready to write a fairly significant check. I'm a little nervous about it. And I'm going to go spend a couple of days as I start endeavoring writing a book and uh, developing some things that help leaders specifically, some seminars, some tools, looking at maybe an app, so, some self-assessments and what have you. But it all goes back to not achieving that goal. It's what's the purpose? There, there's a difference between I want to become a millionaire and I want to create, I'm on a mission to create millionaires. There's a difference between I want to build big businesses and uh, my my favorite affirmation, I write affirmations every day. I literally sit down the spastic mind and write out affirmations. And I know there's a debate about affirmations. And if it doesn't work for you, it doesn't work for you. Affirmation without actions, delusion. I get all that stuff. And so you can save yourself the emails, send them to Drew, not to me. However, <laughs> you know, I don't check me. them. So go ahead. Yeah, for over. Yeah, that's true. You won't check them. <laughs> but for over a decade, I write affirmations. And one of the affirmations I love the most is I alter the course of human history today. Hmm. And when I get close to burnout, I go back to purpose. I'd recommend everybody write, write that, read that book, The Purpose Factor by Brian and Gabriella Boucher. 
Uh, they're a young couple. They used to be the um, the spokespeople for the millennials, how to reach millennials on Fox News and CNN and, and the different news outlets. They're very, very smart. They're very, very sharp. I love this emphasis getting back to what's purpose. I mean, like, what did God put me on this green earth to do? Because when I find that, Jesse, and it's you and I were talking about this, you had to actually go to the woods and get some clarity. But when I find purpose, then I don't really care what outcomes are. I'm, I'm living my purpose, and I'll walk through walls on that. The danger, I think, Drew, though, is sometimes I get so on mission that I get so out of balance that I'm I'm not taking breaks and taking care of my internal world. And I wake up one day, I'm like, what's the point? I think as Michael Phelps would yeah. say, right? The question I'm always asking myself, am I living the life of example? Am I being the example? Um, and am I representing that well? Am I picking hard things to do to challenge myself? And am I then refocusing on who are the people that are important to me at the same time? Because you're not going to have balance. And, and here's how you know. Here's how you know you don't even want balance. If you take a, an old scale and you put equal weights at the same ends, you know, one of the traditional scales with both sides, what's what's balance measure? What's the number in the middle? Zero. 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 So, you, I mean, this, this expectation of, you know, life balance and work-life balance, you're going to end up with zero. Nobody wants that. Right. So you're going to have to be call it out of whack, out of balance, but it's, it's how strongly then do you say, okay, you know what, now I'm really going to put some emphasis in the relationships. I'm really going to put some emphasis in recovery. I'm really going to put emphasis in my health. I'm really going to put emphasis in my, in my business. I'm going to put emphasis on my purpose. And going back to that purpose, Lucas, the only words that I would add and encourage those who are listening to add is right now. Yeah, sure. You don't have to figure your entire life out. And I think many people struggle with what's my life's purpose. Well, you don't get to know that. You get to know what your purpose is right now. If you're fortunate enough to have stumbled upon your life's purpose and, and it drives you from the moment you discover it till the end of your life on this plane of existence as we know it, great for you. Most people aren't that way. They find something that, number one, they're interested in. Number two, there's an impact. And number three, there's something they're learning and developing along the way. And it's, you know, if you if you discover your life purpose, wonderful. But just figure out what it is for right now. What interests you? What excites you? As you said, Jesse, what lights your fire? What yeah. are you improving or working on? And it, it tends to also come with a positive outcome. You expect something good to come as a result of what you're doing, and you'll find purpose there. And it may be right now purpose. It may be a, a, just a chapter, and your purpose is maybe to just get to the next chapter. I mean, how many of us have ever read a book? And we're like, all right, this is a boring chapter, but I'm, I'm going to continue to read because I want to get to the next one. I, I want to I know where this story ends. There was uh, on the plane ride. I watched a movie called 5,000 Blankets, which I understand is relatively new. I had not even heard of it. It was one of the new releases, but it's called 5,000 Blankets. And uh, it's about a, a, a mother and a son. Um, the father slash husband uh, had mental illness and ended up leaving the family and, and becoming homeless. And they didn't know where he was. He was missing. 
kind of a sad story, but what what they did is they started raising blankets and started they built a charity foundation uh, to get blankets and get blankets to the homeless. Because in their mind, you know, one of those homeless people could very well be the father, the husband that they're working towards. So here they are living a great life. And sometimes purpose finds you. They, they didn't have this purpose of taking care of the homeless and sheltering slash keeping the homeless warm and going and, you know, towards the end, I guess they've, you know, hundreds of thousands of blankets have been donated over the years that they this charity has been in existence. They didn't start there. Well, and I, I, I like that that sometimes purpose finds you. I, I think that like for me right now in this space, and I know Jesse and I were talking right before we hit the record button, um, is being really intentional about, I, th- I think purpose is a journey and not, a, I mean, I hate the cliche, but it, it is a journey. It's not a destination. And how that plays out, like there seems to be like at 56 years old, I, I'm seeing that there are themes in my life where I gravitate toward. There are things that I, I would do for free if nobody paid me. There, there's just things that just energize me. What, one of the reasons why I really like this book is it actually gives you tools to think through it. It's not just go find your purpose. It's like, yeah. is, is it this or this? And, and you're, you're looking through and you're examining. I, I remember reading uh, Lori Beth Jones' book, The Path. Uh, to kind of put language to what is my mission in life. And it's interesting, Jude, because I did that uh, probably 10 years ago, 12 years ago. It's still in my office. It is still the mission. It is my North Star. It is my true North. It, it's it's what guides almost all my decisions that once I understood mission, understood purpose, gosh, it just put everything else at ease. And actually, when I'm thinking about that, it's, I'm not, and I, I, I'm just curious. I'm not sure that purpose changes. I think, I wonder if the vehicle in which I fulfill my purpose changes over time, because like, it may be that I'm always have a, a passion to give people access to success. Well, I did that in ministry. Well, now I did that as a, a real estate agent. Then I did it as a team leader. Then I did it as a, re- it's like the vehicles changed constantly, but the overarching, what am I about for the, you know, my entire 36 years of adult life? I'm looking back on it reflectively. It's there's commonalities, right? I, I couldn't be a singer songwriter, Jesse, because number one, nobody would pay for that. Number two, I can't find a groove on my guitar anymore. My chops, I used to have some chops. I don't have chops anymore, but it, it's just like, that would make me a nervous wreck because I would have to practice and then be thinking about making mistakes instead of just playing my, my instrument. However, I have no problem. It, as soon as this recording's over, I'm standing in front of a, a brokerage in, in Tennessee talking to them. I have no problem doing that. And I think I just I'm kind of curious if purpose stays very common, but the vehicle in which it, it is played out, it changes and I have to hold that loosely. Mm. I think it's really critical that whatever we're doing today. That the question of what is my purpose is a worthwhile pursuit. We may yes. not get clarity around it, but we could get clearer on it. And I think that's a huge distinction. We may not get clarity on purpose. We can get clearer on it on a daily basis. Find what energizes, find what cranks your tractor, find what wakes up and you would do for free. And if you could find the intersection of what you would do for free and somebody would pay you to do it, then you can make a living off of it. But it's it's like... Yeah, yeah, Jesse, exactly. It's, yeah. it's. I think it's getting clearer needs to be the objective, not complete clarity. Here's one thing I can tell you: if if your purpose solves problems, you won't worry about money. 
if your purpose doesn't solve problems, then you'll you'll find yourself in the nonprofit section. And that's okay. Yeah. That's that's totally okay. But the you know, you figure people pay when their problems are solved. Yeah. So if you have something that really excites you, lights your fire, and it solves problems, you can probably find a lucrative um path. Drew and where- I Jesse, I don't know if you've been in on this conversation. You probably see the hints, but Drew and I are constantly um goaded by another podcaster, Chad Himes, who with the Make Gift series and 50, because he thinks we ought to really, really like lean into the leaderverse and get you know monetize it and make it go wide. And, and this right now, uh, for those listening, this right now is just a hobby and fun because we like talking about leadership. We um yeah. I've not we none of us have making a pity or have any attention anytime soon to monetize this anyway. It's just we're we there's a level of frustration. We wanted a different conversation, but I think true, you're exactly right mm-hmm. that as we like even in the leaderverse, as we develop tools and as we develop helps and as we develop things, if we wanted to monetize it, it's a huge need. I mean, it, it's a huge need. How do I develop leadership? And I don't want to be commanded control. I don't want to be the old school leader that that you know never show your brokenness because mental health is not an issue amongst leaders or whatever it is man that hogwash is gone this is 20 you know 23 we need a new breed of leaders and i think that that we're solving that problem we're opening that conversation we're giving people permission that you know what jesse you don't have to have it all figured out but thank god you're going to be a go back to singer songwriter do some other things to you know right i just outed you girl it's like i you know what (laughs) Because you think about it, I still have editing rights of this podcast. Yeah, yeah, you probably. I could keep any secrets that I want. No, just kidding. (laughs) Finding your purpose is a worthwhile endeavor. It's a worthwhile journey. Know what you're about, because if you don't know what you stand for, you'll fall for everything. Know what you're about, and it's not money is only a vehicle. So if you have a desire to be wealthy, what's your purpose? If you have a desire to lead. What's your purpose? If you have a desire to build a big business or be a premier coach or be a premier singer songwriter, what's your purpose? Because then the accolades, achievements, the goals that you hit are just simply vehicles on the way to the destination. You know, what I love about that is you can fail at anything and you can fail at playing it safe too. So like pursuing (laughs) purpose often, you know, Tony Robbins says, when you, when you set a goal for yourself, usually the first thing that happens is you'll come up with all the reasons it can't be done. Shouldn't be done. Your brain goes into, Whoa, you're going to do something different. You're going to change. You're changing the programming. Okay. Hold on there. And your brain shifts into, all right, tilt. Let's come up with every nightmarish possible reason that this shouldn't be done. You shouldn't pursue this purpose. You should play it safe, stay safe, go back in the cave, you know, be secure. And you can you can fail at that just as easily. There's a there's a great commencement speech by Jim Carrey, the comedian. And he's speaking and he's talking about his father. And his father, he said, you know, my father could have been a famous comedian. He could have been really great. He was very funny. But he ended up playing it safe. And one day he was laid off from his job. I believe he was an accountant. And he said, you know, my father taught me that you can fail playing it safe just as easily as you can fail pursuing your purpose. So you might as well pursue your purpose because you could fail either way. He said, my dad failed at playing safe. Would you put that on the later verse and let's start a conversation around that? Because that is so good. Our Facebook page, because that 
the truth is I have failed at playing it safe so much. I have failed at being inside the cage, not living unlimited, uh, uh, just living mediocre, playing. I have failed miserably there. I'd rather fail attempting something great than yeah. fail at attempting something very <laughs> nominal. Well, the last organization I was at, I was, I was winning. If you, if anybody was keeping score on the outside, they would say winning, you know, prestigious, making a lot of money, uh, respected, doing well on the inside. It was eating my soul. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I would say, you know, that's, I was absolutely failing at playing it safe. Don't confuse that with safety or or success, because under definition, oh yeah, I was incredibly successful, just not my my version. And at the end of the day, ladies and gentlemen, your version of success, listen to this, is the only one that counts. Your version of success is the only one that counts. That's the only true voice in the conversation that matters. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, gosh, that is so. We could open up a whole conversation around self-talk. However, however, it's man, what I say about me, what I say about life, really is more important than what Jesse says about life. And honestly, I think sometimes what we do is what I say about what Jesse's thinking about me is important. It's like I don't even know what Jesse's thinking about me, but what I internally process that Drew thinks about me. What does Ben Kenny think about me? What does you know Gary Keller think about me? That I, I do all that right. It's like really, what do I say about me? What do I say about my purpose? What do I say about life? And and for those of you just listening and not watching, Drew Lee has some really ugly shorts on today. I'm just saying his his <laughs> leg. He just revealed his legs. We to, care. We care about what Lucas thinks about Drew's shorts. Yes. <laughs> I, I just ran 26.2 miles and then had another five or, or four miles to get to a, a, a bus station and he, he gets on a podcast uh, think about my legs is is not my problem nor priority it's so good it's so good well jesse i i you know you would as you talk about like what your next season looks like and pursuing your dreams that inspires me because that's leadership and who knows where that's going to go? It's just going to go. And and you know what? What else it is? And 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 yes, it's leadership. I feel for um, I feel for all of the entrepreneurs and agents and business owners that we lead and coach, because um, it's terrifying. It's yeah. absolutely terrifying. And, and isn't that isn't that kind of an indicator of how we know it's the right thing to do? <laughs> Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> I hope. I hope so. Uh, but doing it's, it's, I have to create my very own path because nobody does this and builds this type of business the same way. And, and that's a, that's a scary prospect because I could fail. Right. So but the irony is you know, everyone has two lives. They have the life they're living and the life they could live if they lived without fear. It's, mm -hmm. it's almost like, you know, at the end of your life, you'll look back and say, why was I stressed about that? Why didn't I do that? Yeah. You know, oh, if I'd only pursued that. When you were speaking, I, I, I some some words came to mind. So I reached behind me in my ugly shorts and I grabbed a book. <laughs> and and the books by Jay Shetty, Think Like a Monk. And on page three, he says, identity. I am what I think I am. And there's a quote that says, it is better to live your own destiny imperfectly than to live an imitation of somebody else's life with perfection. Yeah. 
And he goes on to say, I am not what I think I am. And I am not what you think I am. I am what I think you think I am. Yeah. Let that one sit with you for a while and, you know, twist your mind. I'm not what I think I am. I'm not what you think I am. I am my perception of what you think I think, you know, what you think of me. So I'm attempting to be this person based on what I think you think of me. What, what, I mean, that is, I mean, I I believe it to be true, but that is the recipe. That is the freaking recipe of insanity. That implies I have to be able to read your mind. I have to know that you actually are thinking about me, which is generally not true because the only person that thinks about ourselves is ourselves. You know, I mean, nobody is thinking about you. I don't want to burst anyone's bubble. I know when you're not listening to this podcast, you're not thinking of Jesse Lucas or I. Okay. And if you are, I think about you. That's weird. (laughs) (laughs) But it's almost like we need a reminder here when we're stuck in this um, to zoom out. You are not your thoughts. Like the person that is you and, and, and those thoughts, two totally different things. It's like, So it's so your identity is something different. It's almost like you're letting, yeah, you're letting your thoughts become your identity. It's like pause. Yeah, I, 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 you know, I'm a very conservative, theological, philosophical background. So for my Christian friends out there, breathe easily. But I just finished again, probably for the fifth time around, Michael Singer's book, The Untethered Soul. Ah, uh, we were on the same wavelength. I was just yeah, thinking because it's it, it's like. I think I'm the one having the thoughts. No, I'm the silent one that is observing me having those thoughts. I'm the quiet one. And when I understand that, by the way, I think that that is the most biblical, conservative, theological sound thing. Because when, when, to go scripture on you, to apprehend a thought, who does the apprehend? That's Bible verse, to apprehend every thought. Who's the one who apprehends? Is it a thought, apprehending a thought? Or is it the quiet self saying, oh, I'm watching myself having a thought. I'm watching myself thinking and having an internal chatter. When I can separate self from the chatter, the 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 drunk monkey, the whatever it is, wow! I, I become a person. I just become a different person. You become I, yourself. I the real right. you. You become the real you. You just you just nailed it. There's there's a I don't know if I've ever shown this or you guys have ever seen this before. But what this what this represents is for everybody now. Drew uh, Drew is showing off his massive forearms, um, and he's shown his legs on this podcast, Jesse. <laughs> he's showing his forearms, but on his forearm, he's got this giant tat that says "I am," which is very profound. And let me let me be clear: I've shown my legs and my arms, and not one dollar has gone into my Venmo <laughs> cash app. There's you been no to- money raised. You have received exactly what those sites were worth. I'm clearly showing these to the wrong audience. I'm just waiting for my my PayPal, Venmo, Cash App, something to pop up and say, you know, you have you have money here. I think not working. working. I think Drew's going to start selling toe picks here in a in a bit. So, (laughs) no, but it's it's the uh, you know I am. (laughs) I am not the voice. I am the one listens to the voice. I'm not the voice. I am the one that listens to the voice. Well, and honestly, I think the two most powerful words on in the English dictionary is I am. Yes. And, it's, and I don't want to go God mode on you, which is already I've come really close, because if God identifies himself as what's your name, I am. So anytime, right through this, anytime I invoke those two words, I'm invoking God's name. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that we create all sorts of powerful realities with those two words, which 
powerfully negative or powerfully positive. It's just going to be powerful regardless. And so I'm really careful about what I attach I am to. And I have to be honest, on on the marathon, I was jamming out to I am, I said, by Neil Diamond. I was absolutely rocking it out. what five minutes of your four hours or three yeah how many times did hey, you listen hey, there's 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 a thing called repeat um because you know jesse i i love the power of music i can honestly say every dark the darkest moments in my in my life growing up uh and the darkest periods it's been music that's found the the light uh there's a there's a piece of confetti which so i'm gonna you get nobody else can see this but there's a my wife and I, we, we love the band Imagine Dragons. Yeah. And the lead singer, uh, Dan Reynolds, has, has openly struggled with depression and anxiety and, uh, and mental health. And, and, and he's an amazing performer. And Dan Reynolds uh, puts on an incredible show with the band Imagine Dragons. So if you ever get a chance to see them, you really should. The energy is just off the, off the charts. It's epic. But in the performance towards the end, they shot confetti out. And I mean, this is, if you're sitting on the floor, this is, you're, you're being rained down in confetti. But amongst the confetti were, were words. And there were notes amongst the confetti. And it wasn't just confetti. There was that. But if you, if you stopped and you caught some of the confetti or you picked it up, you found notes that were written by Dan Reynolds. And one of them I, I wrote, I, I picked up and it just struck me so much that I put it in my wallet now. I just, I, I keep it in my office. I'm afraid I'd lose it. And he said, you are me and I am you. You are valid. You are perfect just the way you are. Your life is always worth living. I love you, Dan Reynolds. That's cool. So cool. So cool. That's wow. Cool. Jesse, in your first show, you need to rain confetti with confetti machine. Just, I need yes. I, I need investors for the confetti machine. I will I it's will so step up. In I, I will step up. Yes. Yeah, Drew and I'll I will let, be your confetti partners. I'll let all the coaches put all the mantras that they want in there. It'll just make us so happy. 